Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie. Jay. And Mark. We have Alu from New Hampshire on the line. Alu, what's on your mind? Hi, what's on my mind is that I miss Bonnie and Jay and Mark. So hello, guys. Oh, hello. Hey, man. Hey, hello. I was just thinking you haven't called in a while. It's been a while. Yeah, I mean to call every other night to argue with you guys about stuff I heard, but I never got a chance because hmm. my amazing son and everything else was keeping me busy. So um, I had an epiphany that I want feedback from you people on. But before that, um, just a heads up, it seems like there's a few seconds of a hot mic before that you came on the show. Yeah. On the podcast and on the radio. Thanks so for that. Heads up, don't say anything too crazy. I, I realized it um, right afterwards is because I had I had the server muted, so I couldn't hear the bumper music, but. It is what it is. Okay, awesome. Yeah, Thank call you. the wizards at Ian, and Ian will set you straight. <laughs> so um, be- before I even get to my epiphany, um, about the Epstein thing that you mentioned in the intro, Dan Bongino is, is doing a decent job reporting of this, and he mentions that the story could be that they're, you know, they probably have a massive, disgusting, disturbing pedophile ring where a lot of the most powerful elites in the world, including, like, kings and princes and governors have been. Um, but... Even more important than that and related is that blackmail is important because if any kind of nefarious have blackmail on these people saying, we'll release the videotape these very young girls on the island, you better do our bidding. That means that a lot of our leaders are compromised. So if, if you know, Biden and others are compromised, that's a big national security issue because, you know, so that's blackmail. So that's, in a sense, the biggest part of the story in addition to how disturbing the actual crimes are yeah i i totally um i i guess i wouldn't say believe but i could totally see that being the case um that they run this specific pedophile ring for the purposes of getting politicians and royalty in england in compromising positions and then they can tell them oh you have to do our bidding go ahead mark yeah i'm so I think that using the term pedophile kind of draws up the wrong thing here. Um, Not to say that I find this acceptable, but that pedophile generally means a very young person. Whereas I think, just as a guess, if Epstein wasn't an intelligence agent from either a domestic or a foreign um, intelligence agency, a huge opportunity was missed. And I tend to think that these very intelligent people at these intelligence agencies don't miss a lot of opportunities, but a great opportunity was missed because I think this is just me guessing here that politicians could be relatively easily enticed after three or four drinks to, Oh, I don't know, slip into the back with a, with a gal that is near her 18th birthday. And that that would be, you know, would would catch a lot of people in a trap. I mean, that's a very believable trap. I could see, were I uh, the sort that would uh, cheat on my, um, you know, significant other or whatever the situation might be, that, um, you know, I could be tricked into that situation. I don't drink and I don't do those things. But um, nonetheless... Especially nowadays where all those girls that are 17 and a half look 30. They they all, but Bonnie, when you get to be my age, they all look 17. Oh, okay. <laughs> 25 to, you know, from 12 to 25, they all look 17. When, when you become a father and mm. you have a daughter, they all look 14 <laughs> uh, and 12. Yep. Uh, mm, I <laughs> really. guess that makes sense. I don't know what it is. I think it's just because I'm Yeah, like- Mark, I, I think 
I agree with what you're saying, and there's that. But then, additionally, I do believe that these elites who have gotten used to and no longer find novel pleasure with, you know, 18-year-olds or any other kind of novelty, they they might be, you know, sick enough to move on to way younger. And there, there's, you know, all sorts of evidence, including from Bongino's Secret Service sources, that there are way younger people Whoa. and and. See, that's the, that's the thing about it, Alu. I think that it would just be so silly for this to be such a big deal if, if it was like 16-year-olds. Oh, my gosh. Like, I, I just think it's so silly. Like, oh, she was coerced because she agreed to be an internationally famous model and have her apartment paid, like, luxury apartment paid for by Epstein. Wouldn't, wouldn't most girls who dated a guy who had a good job be, like, victims of abuse yeah, if that were exactly. the case? I think that, there's, honestly... There's a huge difference between the two. Yeah, I think that there's things we or don't know. Who's, like, goes back to the island 17 times and five years later regrets what she did because she was somewhat coerced because she wanted a good role in Hollywood and she slept with you know, a bunch of producers and mm-hmm. 50 years later said maybe that was coercion and maybe it was, but it's not the same as underage rape. Right. You know, if they teach and she was willing, whereas if someone, if these people are abusing five-year-olds, that's a different universe. Exactly. So they shouldn't even be compared in the same universe right. of like murder compared to like smoking pot. One of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to be challenging qualified immunity because I want to bring claims against this Ross McLeod and this Melissa Coombs for violating my rights. And where does the private attorney general part come in? Yeah, as far as private prosecution, how do you go about actually uh, mechanically doing that? I don't. So I studied this like 20 years ago uh, and I haven't uh, uh, looked at it in a while. But what I can do, Alu, is I can actually dig into it a little bit and send you some links on it because I think this would be something that you would be interested in digging into. But if you internet search, uh, the guy's name is actually Paul Mitchell, kind of like the um, hair dude. Oh, yeah, I was like, that sounds familiar. um, But he was Paul Mitchell, private attorney general, and I used to study a lot of his work back in the day. Uh, and it, it was essentially you. Ju- there's a way you can file as a private attorney general to basically, in, in, you know, investigate racketeering. You would be considered uh, the private attorney general. Any private citizen can. Wow. And, and you well, the can concept be- of private prosecution, I think, has existed in some other countries in the past, maybe where the person and, and biblically in Torah and Jews, by the way, I think. You know, if someone commits a crime, it's you, or if, if you were killed, it's your family members um, uh, pr- prosecuting on behalf of the victim. And yes. it's a whole different kind of ballgame. Yep, I, I, and, and that sounds um, sort of uh, familiar as some of like the basis for you know this kind of stuff. And it was originally brought, you know, to sort of rein in organized crime because the idea was there was so much organized crime that like the Justice Department couldn't even deal with it. And the other problem with the Justice Department is there's so many people in the Justice Department that are that are uh, compromised, you know, by way of no. organized crime. Uh, that, okay. you know, they, uh, that they, essentially there's, you know, no justice happening. So like, but like this thing with, um, you know, these lawyers continually, um, like there's Ross McLeod continually filing these contempt orders when he darn well knows that he is in violation of the law and he is bringing contempt orders against people who are not named in an order. Because he mm-hmm. did this to J.R. Hole a year or so before he did it to me. Mm-hmm. And J.R. Hole, in his attorney... This is a representative in New Hampshire. Right. Yes. He wasn't a representative at the time, but he was a representative previous to this who basically you know, made it uh, his duty and his job to absolutely reduce 
the government, the state of New Hampshire, to very much reduce their their budget um, to 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 cut them down um, as a state representative. So as soon as they, they got the take chance, that personally, right? As soon as he got a chance, uh, the state of New Hampshire's goons got a chance to come against him. You know, these guys literally because he give his children ivermectin like several months before. They showed up, they got an executive, an, an emergency order to remove his children. They literally showed up with, you know, the equivalent of a SWAT team and ambulances to take his kids into custody. Oh my God. And because somebody had tipped him off that this was happening, uh, he was able to get his kids out of Dodge. Um, and he is go- going to be, he's actually working on um, suing, you know, the state and going after them. And he had no interest in running a, for a state representative again until they, you know, violated him so bad that he's like, well, I have to run for state representative. And again. is he one now? Yeah, he currently again? is a state hmm. rep. Yeah. Nice. He actually just introduced a bill, uh, House Bill uh, 1662. And uh, it is one of my suggestions uh, to him uh, to uh, essentially bar. Uh, DCYF social workers from from being from uh, being um, uh, involved in adoption agencies, essentially, because Mm -hmm. because one of the things with my case, what multiple people had told me and now three former D.C. New Hampshire DCYF social workers said one huge element with you, Jay, is the fact that you had healthy, good looking uh, unvaccinated children that are blonde and white. My I was going to say, you know example, what blonde hair, blue eyed little kids would go for in Mexico or something? Well, just the above board adoption marketplace, uh, you would have to, to adopt a six month old, seven month old, healthy, blonde haired, blue eyed boy. Um, it's like 50 grand minimum, and there is a waiting list. 10 years, people. right? Yeah, it, but there's a massive waiting list. Like they are adoptable immediately. Unscreened caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hey, this is Rusty from Portland. Hello, Rusty. Uh, oh, I wanted to mind? address uh, Jay Noon. You um, have claimed several times that uh, all heroin and fentanyl users are on welfare. Um, um, that's well. So, I I have claimed that. Wait, um, I don't think you really claimed well, that. You claimed I, I, that I have said that before. All heroin. Well, here's a little advice for adults. Whenever somebody says all, they mean most. Yeah. But, 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 but yeah. Let, let me clarify this for you. So he's not wrong in his statement. I have said all heroin and fentanyl users are on heroin. On so, welfare. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. On welfare. Now, uh, uh, what's the caller's name? Rusty. 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 Uh, to to clarify, uh, what is a more accurate statement, and I've said this too, is go ask a first responder. If uh, so, um, so, so the statement really the accurate statement is, which I have stated also. So, so the, the all heroin and fentanyl users are on welfare it w- w- is a statement I've said, and it's an ignorant state statement. Okay, it's actually not accurate um, because uh, I do happen to know, for example, guys that work construction that aren't on welfare that are using heroin, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I've <laughs> I've seen them you know shoot up on the job site. Uh, I've I witnessed one guy. Uh, with a paving crew on the side of an interstate highway um, in his truck as I was working on the paver I had to I w- open up the door of the truck to go talk to the boss who was in the passenger side of the truck was he like nodding out and the dude in the driver's seat of the truck who was a CDL truck driver uh, and a good standing license literally was putting uh, uh, heroin into his arm was injecting heroin and he's not on welfare now the, well, cor- the correct statement that I've yeah, said you, is you've, is that um 
ask any first responder about narcamming uh, giving narcam to people who are overdosing it's and, narcan oh, and, with an n oh narcan uh, ask any first responder so i have asked a whole bunch of first responders mm-hmm. um uh, out of all the people that you have witnessed overdose either you've given them narcam narcan or you have put them in a body bag that have overdosed on opiates right. i want to do address that because yeah you You've mentioned that you've talked to like ambulance drivers, yep. and they all say the overdose. One just called. Have EB, EBT cards. Yep. And um, well, first of all, just because you have an EBT card in your wallet does not mean you're on welfare. Lots of people have old EBT cards in their wallet. But um, well, an EBT card the, is EBT is a form of welfare. He's just saying it could right. be expired. It okay. They, they're I mean, currently yeah. on welfare. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Like, if you, uh, according to, like, a national study that was done between 2008 and 2012, 55% of all people with substance abuse disorders are employed. Like, um, the first responders are usually dealing but with the worst of the worst. Like, if you're, if you're overdosing on a regular basis or even at all, like, most of the... I mean, anybody can overdose anytime, right? But it's more probably likely... the people. Probably most people won't overdose on fentanyl because they're not doing it. Well, a lot of people are doing fentanyl, but they may not know it because it's heroin. Like, I have a friend who wasn't the worst of the worst. He's not, you know, like trash. He lived in a nice suburban house with his parents, only with his parents at 22 because the government had went after him and made his life terrible and miserable for selling weed. And then he wasn't allowed to do anything for years because he's on probation. The day he got off of it, he was like, I want to do a drug. Did heroin, quote unquote, with his friend and overdosed and died on fentanyl. He's not the worst of the worst. He wasn't on welfare as far as I knew. Um, But he died of fentanyl. I mean, I just, I don't, I don't think anybody should be speaking in terms of all like i feel like you just didn't you just say or did i mishear you that all fentanyl users are employed no 55 percent of substance 55 percent of people with substance abuse disorder like that's all drugs which could be alcohol which could be weed which could be i don't know you might as well include caffeine and tobacco in that Hmm. i mean they're substances (laughs) but they're probably not the the government definition right I mean, obviously, welfare needs to be abolished, but these are some of the most oppressed, screwed-over people in America. I mean, they're constantly locked in cages and stolen from by the government, and the reason they need so much money to buy their drugs in the first place is because prohibition has artificially inflated the prices. I feel like now, as far as, like, functioning opiate addicts go nowadays, it's almost more of them are actually working Versus like 10, 15 years ago, thanks to like the gig economy, because whereas before, if opiate addict was like unable to get their their drugs one day and they're sick, they might not show up for work and they get fired. Now they can do like DoorDash or Uber or whatever and work when they want. And the flexibility of that has allowed more drug addicts to actually work. So... Rusty, you are not the first guy to correct me on my statement that all, you know, heroin users are collecting welfare. I guess I just didn't understand you as as saying all, but okay. I I did say that before. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it it was an ignorant statement. And because I literally have had people that I've worked with that are like, I am a opiate user. 
I maintain my job. Like people have sent me text messages and I'm like, shouldn't right. send this kind of message in a text message. <laughs> Use something encrypted. Uh, but uh, check out ibogaine.com if you want to get off heroin. Ibogaine clinics, they got these clinics in Mexico where they um, give you ibogaine and I, it's like a whole week long thing. It's like $10,000. And it's uh, resets your dopamine receptors, like basically back to the time you were born. So when, when you're done with it, you're not interested in alcohol. You're not interested in porn addictions. You're not interested in um, like opiates, uh, all kinds of stuff. And of course, it's illegal in the United yes. States. Right. Yep. Yep. Schedule one. I was going to say yeah. like the worst kind of illegal schedule right, right. one. And and, and, <laughs> and and so like I have and also I have like I got another friend I went to high school with. Great guy. Oh, man, I love this guy. It, 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 it's so heartbreaking, you know, to think about some of this stuff. But he was one that uh, he heard me, I don't know, he heard through Facebook or something, you know, that I'd said this or somebody clipped something of, you know, what I was doing and put it up somewhere. And he's like, he calls me. He's like, hey, it's so-and-so. You remember me? I'm like, hell yeah, I remember you, buddy. How you doing? He's like, I do coke every weekend and I function just fine. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm like, and I'm, and I'm like, aren't you like divorced? And you're like, yeah. He's like, you know, screw that B. But you know, oh and, my goodness, you know, and and he's just like, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm fine. You know, I just, you know, I buy an eight ball every Saturday night or or whatever he, he was telling me about. And he's like, and and he has, and and he told me the reason that he got into doing coke is because he had some kind of like thing happen. And this guy's in Massachusetts. Uh, he had some kind of thing happen years ago where he was going to get whiz quizzed, you know, urine sample mm-hmm. for for cannabis use for for, for marijuana. And we so started coke. So, well, he started doing coke because it it either doesn't show up or it wasn't part they of the weren't test. Testing it, or yeah. I, I don't. Well, from what I under from actually, he told me is that like coke is all out of your system like within a couple of days, and like mm. THC can be like show thirty up, days, it, even sixty days, it can still be mm. in your system, uh, especially if you like do a fast or you're like kind of like you know you lose some fat and and the THC was stored in the fat, it will um, you know show up in your system even if you hadn't used a THC in like sixty days. That's what he told me. Mm. But basically, that's what yeah, got yeah, him. Yeah, the government yeah. has literally incentivized yeah. hard drug use by putting. M- however many people they've put on probation and parole over the years and they know they can't smoke pot because it's in their system too long so they do hard drugs instead and 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 this particular guy is like you shouldn't talk bad about about doing cocaine unless you try it it's a lot of fun man you should try it (laughs) i don't deny that it's probably a lot of fun but i've still never tried it because it sounds like a lot of fun it's got very poor reviews that's why i'm not into it the other thing is that a lot of people have told me it's like like when I was in high school, I did like Adderall and I remember this feeling of being like, oh, I want to do it again as soon as it's over. And people say that it's like that, but a million, million times, um, like as soon as you're not high on cocaine, you're like, I know it's 2 a.m., but I got to hit up the dealer. Like I need more yep. and I don't want to do that. My, uh, my crackhead uncle uh, begged and pleaded with me as a child. He was like, 12 13 year old kid you know as he's like sold all his tools and all his stuff again you know because he would like do a bunch of crack sell everything you know have nothing left and then not do crack for four or five months and then as soon as he had like a big chunk of a couple thousand dollars he just went and did crack and then he would just do crack for like weeks until all of his stuff was sold i watched this guy do this over and over again and he's like yep don't ever do it it's a monster that just keep calling you back and uh, so due to those poor reviews, you know, expressed to me by my uncle, I've, you know, I've, I've been offered that stuff multiple times over the years. 
And every time I'm offered to it, all I can think about is my uncle saying it's a monster and it keeps calling you back. Chuck from Washington, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Yeah, you said the trigger word there, uh, Epstein. All day long, I've been listening to this Epstein thing uh, play out. And really, uh, what I think here is happening is, uh, uh, and Alex Jones did his victory lap on a show today. Uh, everybody's jumping down this Alex Jones uh, fox, or not foxhole. Some people might need a foxhole. But, rabbit uh, hole? A rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, they're, they're jumping down this thing. And really what I think here is happening is they uh, – uh, there's a, a some kind of a, a unresolved um, sexual issue uh, that people are having with this. I, I don't know if it's uh, unfulfilled desire to uh, do whatever, but uh, they are paying a lot of attention to this. And I think you, you, we'll probably end up seeing this kind of thing take over the place of Jean Benet Ramsey uh, uh. and uh, all of the. She's still making headlines in 2023, and I just can't imagine. Uh, this thing going away for another 50 years, depending on who's involved. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's all I need to say. Thank um, you. So you're just that your idea is just that people seem to be really obsessed with this because you think they have an, a sexually unresolved issue that makes them really interested in it. That's a creepy, but possible, um, not creepy on his part, but it's creepy to think about, but that is definitely a possible reason why people are so obsessed with this. And um, speaking of places that can't sell, I learned just the other day from a Joe Rogan episode, which I'm not like a, I don't hate him or something. I just don't like sit around listening to Joe Rogan usually, but he had my favorite YouTubers, Sam and Colby on. Well, Joe Rogan was saying that the John Bonet Ramsey house can't sell because people don't want to live in the house where a little girl was murdered, which makes sense. So speaking of was she mur- murdered there? I thought they they lost her and didn't know where she went. I don't know. Yeah, they never found her. I believe that's weird. I don't know. And then there's like a conspiracy theory that Lady Gaga is actually John Bonet. No, R- no, R- it's Katy Perry. <laughs> but oh, yeah, Katy Perry. Okay, I right, yeah, I but... don't believe it really, and I am not one of those people who don't believe any conspiracy theories. Like I definitely believe some conspiracy theories, but I just have looked. So many times they both have she's naturally blonde. You might not know that Katy Perry is naturally blonde because she's like famous for having black hair, but she's naturally blonde, has big blue eyes, but she just doesn't look enough like her for me. But it could be plastic surgery, but it is really interesting, crazy. Yeah, I don't really have an opinion, but just something I heard. And I didn't even have it right. I said the wrong name. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I don't really expect you to know the differences between all of the top teen pop star music yeah, makers. I don't pay attention to that Good stuff. news, because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but, so we have this story from Wall Street Journal. It's an opinion piece, and it says, Electric mandates have California truckers charging overtime. They haul lighter loads and spend hours plugged in. Consumers will ultimately foot the bill, of course. So it's something that the government of California has done, but the consumers and taxpayers are going to foot the bill for this dumb idea so th- so this is you're talking about semi trucks yep like that are hauling all the produce that are electric like, california produces uh like a a lot I, I it's a huge portion of the fruit and vegetables consumed throughout the united states and they have gotten so ridiculous that i know that like you right now, if you have like a two thousand a pre two thousand ten like semi truck or commercial truck, 
you cannot go into California with it unless it's like uh, been upgraded with like so like one of these semi trucks. They have to be upgraded with like all this crazy emission stuff. If Even if you're not working. Well, if it's recreational, I think you're exempt. But like, hmm. if you're like a commercial trucker and like you're gonna go haul like I don't know some hay to California from say Texas or Arizona, and pick, or or you're just going there with your refrigerator truck to pick up some produce to you know the haul back to you know the East Coast or something or wherever some city somewhere out you know you can't go into California if your truck is older than 2010 unless you do like a thirty five thousand dollar sort of upgrade to these trucks which is you know has to do with all the emission systems and then the emission systems on these trucks make these trucks extremely unreliable and then also so now there's a mandate pushing that you have to have all these electric trucks mm-hmm. so um was I there any more no you wanted idea. to read on that well i had no idea that there were even electric semi trucks that seems kind of crazy like it, and it makes sense that it says that they're having to haul lighter loads because it just sounds like well it doesn't sound strong enough to haul around, you know, imagine a 16-wheeler. 18-wheeler, yep. 18-wheeler. It seems like that is just too big for an electric little motor. I don't know. You guys have more. Mark has uh, electric vehicle experience. Yeah, I do. Um, But I I don't make any positive statements with Jay on the show when it comes to vehicles. Um, What the question I'd ask is, wouldn't uh, an electric motor be able to produce more torque Oh, just not a lot. Absolutely. So the electric motors, like electric drive is the way to go. So like all your freight trains, your modern freight trains are what are called diesel electric hybrid. The Euclid rock trucks that can carry like 50 or 100 tons of rock, the big mining trucks that are like 18 foot wide and 20 foot tall and 40 foot long. Like, like, you know, the classic Tonka truck that a kid plays with. Mm -hmm. Imagine that. But it can carry you know, 50 or 60 tons of rock. That's called like oh. a rock truck. So those things don't, don't have transmissions. They have huge diesel engines with generators, and then they have a series of controllers and wires that run to what they call the hub-mounted motors. Trains are the same way. Why is it that they would be saying that these truckers in California have to... Because they're not diesel-electric hybrids. Hmm. They just are battery-powered. So semi-trucks, like the 53-foot or the 18-wheelers that you see driving around... They are they are generally freighted out to weighing eighty thousand pounds. Whoa. Generally, most of those trucks weigh between you know nineteen to like thirty thousand pounds empty, depending on how they're spec'd. So, if you weigh like twenty thousand pounds on an empty empty semi truck, you can put sixty thousand pounds of cargo in it and drive down the road legally. Um, and if it's you, terrifying. If you have overweight permits, that same semi truck in certain areas is good for one hundred and five thousand pounds. If you have a Tritum drive or a, tri- or, or a triaxle trailer, you can be like 120,000 pounds. A guy who delivered me an excavator this summer delivered me an 84,000 pound excavator that I worked on for a friend, and he brought it, he delivered it on a truck that was designed to max out at a, like 100 and, uh, 175,000 pounds. You know, it's a big old truck with lots of axles and tires. So, anyways, these trucks have big, powerful, 500-horsepower diesel engines. A 500-horsepower diesel engine is literally the equivalent of a 15-horsepower gasoline engine when it comes to pulling because of the torque that a diesel engine makes. Well, the thing is, is you need all that 500-horsepower and that three or four th- or that 2,400 foot-pounds of torque that big Caterpillar diesel engine in a semi-truck produces to get that 80,000-pound moving uh, up the hills and get it going. But... 
once you get up to cruising speed, you really only need like 200 horsepower or 150 horsepower. And this is kind of the same thing with all cars. Well, um, uh, here in New Hampshire, we have a lot of hills. So when you're driving your EV, uh, you're going down the hill, you can do what's called regenerative braking. So like when you're driving your Prius or your EV semi truck or your Tesla truck, you can, when you let off the gas and just touch the brake just a little bit, there's a little thing on a dash. It'll show that like a light or an arrow is going from the wheel motors to the batteries. It like it shows that you're charging the batteries. That's called regenerative braking. And well, then if- Jay, uh, just to be clear, on the Prius specifically, there is a gear, let's call it, because it's on the oh, gear yeah. shift. Yep. Um, they call it brake. Um, oh, where right. And this, what it does is applies the brake, as you're talking about, a small extent, and it regenerates as you're going down hills. Because sometimes in New Hampshire, the hills will be so steep that you'll get going too fast. Obviously, the best form of fuel economy is the speed that you have. You don't want to store it in a battery. You want to use it. But at some point, you'll get up to, you know, going down a hill at 80 miles an hour, and you don't want to do that. <laughs> so... You put this on and that just uh, grabs at least some of the power that is being generated. And when I drove that Prius, I didn't use that option because I thought the B meant working off the battery, not yeah. regenerative braking. Actually, I, I, I wasn't clearing that until you just mentioned it, Mark. Yep. So anyways, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I drove a Prius one night. That's all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so anyways, uh, so with the semi trucks here in New Hampshire, they're, you know, and even like when I go haul cattle or haul logs or hay or whatever, everywhere I travel... I, I use the term, I climb up one side of the hill and slide down the other. Mm. So like when I go up hills and I'm peaking a hill, for example, on like Interstate 91, which goes up through Vermont, but it's all, it's like a ski slope. It's yeah. up and down, up and down. And when I was hauling hay from Quebec to Massachusetts, I would be topping the hills, like some of the big hill up by St. Johnsbury. This is like nine miles of like downhill. Well, At the top of that hill, I'd be just doing like 30 miles an hour. Not 70, not 65, because I would have to be on the brakes like the whole time. And then what I would do is I would, at the top of that hill at like 30 miles an hour, I would just coast. And I would actually downshift and my truck had a thing called an exhaust brake, which helped with braking, engine braking. And I still had to use the brakes going down the hill in order not to be, you know, going too fast because... At the bottom of a lot of these hills, you have to make a pretty good turn, it seems like. So, like, you can't be, like, you know, flying. Hey, Daily Digestion listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So, I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. Maybe Californians would say, listen, I'll... I'll foot the bill as a consumer to not harm the planet, and we could talk about that as well. Yeah, I don't... these EV, you know, mining lithium is way more har- harming the planet than using the most, no- the number two most renewable resource, crude oil, hmm. um, which is super clean, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, when you burn it, especially when you burn it in a combustion chamber and you burn it very hot. In fact, diesel fuel, for example, the particulate that comes from diesel fuel is essentially uh fertilizer like plants use it <laughs> and and you know and and a lot of the with the new technology the newer technology of like the electronic fuel injection and stuff like that 
the um, the diesel. I, um, I'm a little confused, though, because I thought that diesel oil was considered non-renewable. Crude oil is very oh, renewable. You said crude oil. Yeah, well, well. It, well, diesel fuel comes from crude oil. And crude oil is something. So it's called the ambiotic uh, oil um, theory, which shouldn't be really called the theory. But basically, it was um, proven by uh, Russians, uh, you know, Russian scientists, you know, almost 100 years ago that just crude oil is essentially produced by um, and, and, and an aerobic, an ambiotic, I think is how you say it, uh, sort of reaction in the Earth's crust. Uh, so, like, the term fossil fuel is, I, 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 is horribly wrong. Hmm. It's misinformation. It is not decomposing dinosaur bones. So I've heard this, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but I've heard this as a conspiracy theory that oil is something like blood and the Earth constantly makes more of it and they don't want you to know it i I could believe it why wouldn't they lie about something like that they go to war they kill millions of people over oil and selling oil why wouldn't they lie about it was uh, it was rockefeller u.s standard oil that essentially created the peak oil theory so they've been saying since the 50s and the 60s oh we're gonna run out of oil right now it was to create scarcity so like what happened in like um texas and the texas panhandle in oklahoma is the Saudis in in the eighties on you know via you know the Bush crime family as in George Bush crime family, uh, they the Saudi uh, royal families essentially bought up all the like oil rights to these oil wells and what they did is they just filled these oil wells with concrete and then what started happening with a bunch of these oil wells is the oil started percolating out of the ground around these around where these oil wells were you know capped or or or, or filled in and uh, the um, uh, so the, the, uh, <clears throat> the oil wells, uh, so the oil, like it comes up out of the earth, you know, ground, it, it starts uh, seeping up and this is where you get tar pits and like, you know, things like that. So the, the idea that oil is a fossil fuel is absolute nonsense and garbage. Hmm. Uh, and it is the number two most renewable resource on planet earth after water. Well, I think we can agree that the number one most, uh, you know, cleanest uh, energy source is nuclear power. Um, Everything I've managed to read on fossil fuels uh, says that they are, in fact, you know, fossil fuels. But I, I, um, you know, I I, I don't know. I'm not an expert, but I I have looked into this same theory before and – I just got to say, you know, like everything I've been able to come to, there's, there doesn't seem, you know, for me, I've been left with the notion that there is a peak to the oil. Now, when is it? That's a, that's another question because it seems to be, you know, hydrocarbons keep getting pumped out of the ground. Would you be surprised that they would lie about that though? Oh no, um, absolutely. <laughs> the, uh, the the same the same people that would tell a lie about um, nuclear power being dangerous uh, will, you know tell you all kinds of stuff um nuclear power is the safest form of energy that they've got out there you know the people who created the peak oil theory are the same people that lobbied the temperance movement to make alcohol legal the purpose uh, the reason and and that is u.s standard oil Hmm. because basically rural america previous prohibition every farm every rural american household every homestead was a farm pretty much 
they all had alcohol stills. And what did they use that alcohol for? To run their Model T Ford, to run their Ford tractor, the Model A Ford. All of the original internal combustion engines ran on alcohol. Alcohol, yeah. Alcohol. So there's a, a book by David Bloom called Alcohol Can Be a Gas, and he goes all into this. So once they got alcohol out of the way, uh, a German fella named Rudolf Diesel was like, hey, I got this engine, Henry Ford, and you can run it on hemp seed. You can run it on canola oil. You can run it on whale fat. Hmm. And it is the diesel engine. In fact, the original diesel engine ran on coal dust. Uh, That's why they call it a coal burner. Um, So then what had to happen is U.S. Standard Oil the DuPont Corporation and Dow Corporation. So DuPont was uh, uh, very much into textiles and acrylic and nylon came out of DuPont, synthetic fabrics. And these synthetic fabrics essentially in the real marketplace could not compete with uh, hemp. And uh, U.S. Standard Oil needed to get uh, hemp oil out of the way because every farmer in the country could now just start growing hemp because hemp is like the pig of plants. It'll grow in anything. It doesn't need any <laughs> fertilizer. And you, and you take this seed and you, and you press the oil out of it, and now you can run your diesel engine in it. And then Dow Corporation had millions of acres of uh, basically forest land in the United States that they owned the forestry rights to, mostly the northwest United States, and they were big-time paper producers. So these three interests... U.S. Standard Oil, DuPont, and Dow lobbied very hard and created all of the marijuana laws. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, well, propaganda and, and laws scares. and law lo- and, and lobbied it. They they created that you know marijuana is going to make black people rape white women. Yep. Like this was the the literally the the um you know the 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 claim of the DEA in the beginning. So yep, they had to get rid using of using racism to get rid of marijuana right. and right. many other things claiming that oh but, wh- one time and you'll be schizophrenic for the rest of your life stuff like that. Dave Ridley here in New Hampshire, what's on your mind, Dave? Uh well, uh I guess the uh our our independence legislation is coming up on January 12th and uh have you already talked about that today? I did. I'm making it a point to bring it up on the show every day until the 12th because we want to get as many people out there as possible to go speak in favor of these two bills. They're both really good bills that J- Jason Gerhard, Free Stater, and Matt Santanastasso, another Free Stater, put into the New Hampshire State House. And the first one, CACR 20, will make it to where the people of New Hampshire can vote to make um, change the Constitution to make it say, oh, if the feds hit $40 trillion of debt, we're out and we're, we're seceding from the union. And then the other one is Matt Santanastasso's um, more maybe um, light bill. It's not so in your face. Um, it's not so daring. But it is a really good one, I think, because how can you argue against it? All it does is create a... um, study committee study committee to find out some answers on things like some republicans were saying listen i would vote on this but i need more answers blah 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 like what will happen to social security funds things like that so i've I've gone ahead and scheduled a demonstration for 8 30 a.m outside the legislative office building there in concord um 
and that'll be that's followed an hour later by the hearing, the first hearing. But again, that first hearing is supposed to be followed by another independence hearing. So there's likely to be stuff going on for hours, if not all day. So uh, if you can get out there anytime, probably before uh, 2 p.m. on on um, uh, on Friday, January 12th, you could probably be useful, which would be most useful if you can get there right at the beginning and ride the whole thing out um, if, by being there at, at 830. Um, if people want to know more, they can go to forum.shiresociety.com, which has all the details. And I always like to sing it, forum.shiresociety.com. The caller from the last segment, segment named Ricky, he wanted Mark specifically to give his feelings on why people think he's racist for wearing a Confederate flag that's slightly altered. Right. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's it's because the racists all carry that flag, um, you know, or at least what we've been taught are the racists that carry that flag. I think that there's lots and lots and lots of racists out there that want nothing to do with the uh, second Virginia battle flag or whatever you want to call the uh, Confederate flag. But, and I also, as a Southerner, I believe that that's a, a very attractive flag, but I would by no means put it on a vehicle because, but it's attractive to you. Why? Like it look looks pretty or it's attractive to you for some other reason. It looks pretty. I just think it's a good looking flag. Oh yeah. You know? It's just made of Some all the flags. Eng- English flags, which is kind of weird. It's like you want to be all independent from England, independent from the North, but you make it out of the English flags or, or the UK flags. It kind of looks like the UK flag. Um, no, it's purposely the- made that way. It's it's, oh, it's it? made out of all their older flags mixed together. Okay. Interesting. Um, so I just always thought that was a, a weird thing. It's kind of a pretty flag, you're right. But um, the other thing about it is I know that it doesn't all just mean oh, I want black people to be slaves again. I think that it is a flag that a lot of people find um, like is important to them because, oh, I'm from the South and, you know, the North came here and burned my great-great-great-grandpa's farm down and we deserve to have left if we wanted to. Okay, like, that's all fine and dandy. But there are some things, every once in a while I'll say, that there are some things that you should probably just let go it because of the way that you're not going to win. You're not going to walk around with a Confederate flag, but, oh, it has this tiny white border on the outside, Bonnie. So right. <laughs> you think people right. are going to take it any other way. Flags are symbols. I mean, there's no other way to describe them. They are symbols. And symbology is a blunt force weapon. Um, it is not precise. If you want your beliefs precisely portrayed to people, you're going to have to write yourself a little manifesto or treatise or whatever it is that you want to call this uh, this, this prose that you're going to put together. But a flag doesn't do that. And you can choose to fly a flag, but if you, you know, like you pick the flag, whatever it might be. If I, I, I happen to like the way the Albanian flag looks too. Now I'm not in any way, shape or form Albanian, <laughs> but if I flew that flag, if I had that a sticker on the back of my car, whatever, people are going to say, Oh, Hey, you're Albanian too. Maybe they'll greet me with some Albanian words, which I have no idea. Is that a, uh, a you know, Bosnian Serbian? I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and you know, some kind of Slavic language, uh, nonetheless. And, you know, they'd want to talk to me about Albania. And I'd be like, I don't like Albania. I just like the flag. You know, like that. I'm a kook at that point. And <laughs> I, I, I get 
you know, like I like Ricky. I think he's a, you know, he's a lovable little kook, but um, he's not little by any stretch. He's a big man. Really? I've um, never met him. They, he's, they've sent pictures and, you know, he's, he's a big man. And yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm sorry. It, that's just the way it is. If you carry around a Confederate flag, then people are going to think that you support slavery and these sorts of things. We can have all the conversations you want about state right, states' rights and all this stuff, Jeffersonian this and that and the other thing. If you want to use it as a, as a conversation starter and you think that you can turn around those conversations, by all means. But at some point or another, it, like I wouldn't do it unless I was blind, I can tell you that, because at some point or another, somebody would punch me in the face over it. Hmm. They yeah. won't punch Ricky because he's blind. Oh, I see. I, I thought you meant unless you were blind and accidentally wore the wrong flag or something like that. I didn't know what you meant by that. But no, um, um, glad to, thanks for the chance to clarify. But um, when that, that's all I can say about it, basically. I just think it's a bad idea. You should have the right to do it. Somebody sure. shouldn't punch you in the face over a symbol you're wearing. They shouldn't, and that's wrong. They would be nope. in the wrong. But you can You can go to town square and scream the N-word at the top of your lungs. Somebody nope. shouldn't Actually, punch can't. you in the face. Well, What's... I personally know a person. He's not like a good person. I don't like him. He lives in Keene and he just uh, is one of those people who's like, I I'm a townie, but I like what you guys are doing just because he's weird. But um, anyways, he actually went into the downtown and yelled the N-word at someone down or out of his car and he is facing charges over it because it's like, it's some kind of law that says, oh, you were saying something that a reasonable person might start violence over. Isn't that kind of crazy? Like, I mean, well, you oh, shouldn't. Oh, so there's an anti-free speech law here? It, it is an anti-free speech like. law. It's a little I, crazy. I, look, I don't support the idea, but, um, you know, as I understand it, freedom of speech would cover being insulting. Um, not being threatening, but it would be would cover being insulting. Now, um, you know, how do how do you address that? I mean, could, could somebody construe is as threatening? I suppose they could, but people could construe just about anything as threatening. You know, if if you're walking down the street as a seven foot man with a you know a, a wife beater t shirt on, you might be considered threatening. I don't know. Um, that to me sounds like an unconstitutional law. The thing that I brought in to talk about today was this uh, bill that has passed the. New Hampshire House. Now, to be clear, this is not a law. Yep. This is a bill that has passed the New Hampshire House. It has to get through the New Hampshire Senate, um, which has been described by one of the originators of the, uh, you know, one of the first free staters as a terrorist organization, <laughs> the New Hampshire House, the New Hampshire Senate, Senate. Yeah, they're bad. And then be signed by the New Hampshire governor, which at this time is Sununu. And I think it would have to be signed by Sununu. Um, it's called Defend the Guard. And I think this is fascinating. And I really want to applaud New Hampshire uh, for this. And, and I'm the first to give New Hampshire trouble. Um, you know, I, I don't like it when activists call it the freest place in the world and a variety of other things that are that are said. But I think this is awesome. So um, I, I, there's no news story on this because who's going to write a news story? This is you know, this is free talk lives territory. So here we are reporting on it. All I've got are some tweets, uh, basically. But um, this bill, I'll just read this. This bill would prohibit the deployment of all National Guardsmen from New Hampshire 
unless U.S. Congress fulfills its constitutional duty to declare war prior to troop deployment, which means that your son or daughter who's in the New Hampshire Guard would not be deployed unless Congress did its job and declared war on someone, which they haven't done since 1942. But wait, wait, Mark, we've been at war my whole life, your whole life, Jay's whole life. How is it that they haven't declared war? Because they don't have to. They just declare um, emergencies. Right. They just they just call them emergencies or whatever and send troops. What would I mean, be, what would you be could inter- fight the whole Vietnam War without a uh, declaration of war. What would be interesting uh, with this particular bill is, so the New Hampshire Guard, um, is that a, a federal thing or is that a... New Hampshire state thing. Uh, and, um, and New Hampshire state is different than state of New Hampshire because state of New Hampshire is a franchise of the United States Corporation. There is a corporation that exists called New Hampshire, state of New Hampshire. That is a franchise of the United States Corporation. So um, this is where I think New Hampshire exit really needs to go with dissolving the corporation that was chartered under the United States. that calls itself state of New Hampshire. I believe it was, I don't know. The Massachusetts Charter was like 1889 or something of the Massachusetts Corporation. But um, uh, so, yeah, who do these entities serve? Uh, New Hampshire State or the District of Columbia is a real answer. Well, um, I would say that the answer is both in this circumstance, that the New Hampshire Guard is um, the new, what, what replaced the militia that was uh, meted out in the Constitution and that the president can basically call up the guard with the governor of that particular place's approval. And of course the governor doesn't want to say no. And, um, and so these things just happen. I love the idea of this bill because to my knowledge, this would prohibit uh, the, the guard from being the New Hampshire guard from being called up without a declaration of war. And, you know, personally, if I was going to fight, I'd like, the politicians in Washington, D.C. to take a firm enough stance. So, you know, hey, guys, can you get together and just vote on this once before you go and get have me catch a few bullets for you? Hmm. And I can tell you a little something about the National Guard. I have a, a handful of friends that did National Guard work. And, uh, like, um, they learned a lot of skills being in the National Guard. Uh, like, my one friend, um, she uh, was, was it probably still is in the National Guard, but as a truck driver, and so she learned like a lot of mechanical skills. She learned, you know, she can handle a drive in a semi truck. She un- understands like uh, towing and recovery. And like, they do a lot know. of stuff like, oh, you're stuck in a pit. Well, we'll go rescue you in New Hampshire instead of like all going over to another country and bombing. Brown right, right. People. And, and they do like a lot of things like uh, there's some land uh, not far from my house that's uh, essentially owned by the Army Corps of Engineers. And like when there's like, um, you know, when it like floods out and it washes the road away, it's basically like New Hampshire National Guard in there, you know, fixing that road. Mark, did you have anything you wanted to say about the Bitcoin thing? It's a podcast, so I couldn't pull it up. The Bitcoin thing. Oh, I thought you said it was about Bitcoin crimes. I thought it was about Ian. Sorry. Maybe I should have discussed this with you off the air, but I thought that I asked you, was that the, your show prep? And you said, yeah. Oh, I see. The, the There is a podcast, right, um, that is currently, you know, it's it's one of these uh, true crime 
podcasts, and hmm. they've they've gone through all the good old crimes, so yeah. they need the new ones. And uh, they came after you know uh, Free Talk Live, Ian, and all that, and wow. uh, did did one. Um, and um, you know, well, let's see. I haven't listened to it, but a friend of mine has, and I will read what he said regarding it because. Did he say the title? Because I'm really interested to listen now. Yeah, give me just one second here. It's uh, The Church of the Invisible Hand. It says here in the description, listen to this episode from Crime 3 on Spotify. Keen, a small, picturesque New Hampshire community. But behind the New England charm, the Pictures. town was home to a financial scheme that would split out, spill, excuse me, spill out into the world to the tune of tens of millions of dollars. And, uh, you know, it says, uh, let's see, they say um, Ian's the star of the podcast, considering this production. I think, um, let's see, that, that I, sh- I Mark, Edging, Mark Edge, should be uh, happy that I was not mentioned. <laughs> I was mentioned one time to say that I was the co-host of Free Talk Live. Yeah, let's see. they call so, it a podcast. It is a podcast, but it's also a nationally syndicated radio show, first yeah. and foremost. And uh, then the commenter here says, I don't think any of the principals, um, that's you guys, would be thrilled with the coverage. But considering that they what they could have done, uh, at least they didn't make him, Ian, out to be a super evil person. Um, I would describe their description as a self-serving activist. Hmm. So Interesting. Well, uh, so what was the name of the podcast again? It's called, they titled it The Invisible Hand. It's the Church of the Invisible Hand. I mean, do we really want to send a whole bunch of people to listen to this? Hmm. Well, I don't know. I thought that it could have some interesting information, but it... These are just people reading news reports, you know? Mm. I mean, well, you know, they're hoping to get clicks off of it. Maybe uh, there's some podcasters that could make a response to it that could, uh, like uh, Chris Wade, for example, he, like, explains, you know, the situation really, really well. You know, he's, you know, paid attention to it, you know, the, you know, uh, talking about how like Ian would refuse to sell Bitcoin to scammers. He would find out the scammers and Ian didn't actually scam anybody. They bought, they paid for Bitcoin and he gave them Bitcoin. They convinced him with all of their might. And um, I mean, I already said it to the judge. I, I was witness to this at least one time where there was somebody saying like, yes, I really do want to buy Bitcoin. Yes, it is my husband. I know him. You shouldn't even be asking me that. Like, I'm offended. And nope, they were lying. Yeah, that sounds like a classic agent provocateur right from the beginning. Right. But, and know, I always were, think these people are just feds yeah, and they don't deserve do any it. restitution. But, um, well, here's what I would say if you ever get uh, bad press um, is punch up. So to me, I don't know who crime three is The it doesn't draw up in my mind a, um, you know, like a big organization. And I'm not going to chase down every negative commenter on the Internet who hmm. has something to say about you know, that's inaccurate about Ian. Um, so what I would say is, is that these are. You know, little people doing a little podcast, and uh, they can let us know when they enter the premier podcast uh, level, and and we'll chit chat with them. Well, that's interesting. Um, I think it's kind of funny they're trying to rope it in with the same stuff as like, oh, Gypsy Rose convincing her boyfriend to kill kill his mom, like, oh, and Ian selling Bitcoin, and the government twisted it to make it look really bad. David from New Mexico is still on the line, and he did have more he wanted to say about. Um, David, I forgot what it was. Could you tell me? 
about, about the, I got, I'll rattle off a series of, uh, of legal or observations and allegations regarding uh, what I heard in Jay's narrative at the beginning of your program. But first of all, that uh, Anarchapoco, that must be the smaller version of uh, Anarchapoco. Well, uh, Anarch- I call it Agroforco, I think. I got no, no, no. The, 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 Anarchapo- the Anarchapoco, that must be the smaller version of the Anarchapoco. Oh, because Poco. Oh, I said it a little wrong. Yeah, because <laughs> Poco well, means small. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just messing, I'm just messing with you for for fun. And before, I before I hit the right log, I can't even say Chipotle. Right, I always say Chipotle. Chipotle. Oh, and before on the, the hit the law stuff, I wanted to ask Mark. Uh, it occurred to me what, what so what uh, what what state were you actually born in? Where where did you start out? Um, I was born in Sarasota, Florida. Oh, the state oh, of confusion. Oh, Pardon. Yeah, no, yeah, I made a, I made a, and what do you call it? And, and assumption you're, when you said your biological mother had come from the Midwest, I just uh, made the assumption that you had started out in the Midwest. What, 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 what state is the Midwest to you? Um, I don't want to give too much information about those folks, um, but it was, you know, call it the Eastern Midwest. (laughs) Yeah, got it. New Mexico is not the the Midwest. Midwest, right, David? Pardon? You don't think that New Mexico what? is the Midwest, do you? No, but people call people call Minnesota the Midwest, and then other people in Iowa or in Ohio, uh, they don't think of Minnesota as the Midwest because hmm. they think they're in the Midwest. So I was just wondering what I the mark them both. is. Yeah. Well, um, um, so, I generally so, consider the Midwest to be the. So I would have considered Minnesota to be the Midwest. I would have co- considered it any states that are directly touching the Mississippi River and then the ones that are east of the sort of 13 colonies. Well, is like what Tennessee I would... isn't, but I, I think that Missouri is the Midwest. My dad's from St. Louis and he calls himself like a Midwesterner. But a lot of people are confused by that. But I, if you go there, it's not really like a southern state. It's more like a Midwestern state. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.